0: Um, I'm going to be speaking tonight on something that I just feel like the Lord has been speaking to me about in the last few months, and um, it's about friendship with Him. And um, <clears throat> sorry. I had a baby last year, last February, her name is Olive, and I have come back to work in January, Um, so I have not, I can't remember the last time I had eight hours sleep, so it's been a long, long time, and um, my relationship with God, I think, was taking a bit of a hit. Um, I was just exhausted, tired, um, and just getting to this place where I just felt a bit empty and dissatisfied, and I don't know if you've had seasons in life where um, your relationship with God has been a bit like that, Um, just dry and you're just wondering is there meant to be more than this like when you feel like when you become a Christian you decide to follow God uh, you go all in well I I went all in and then suddenly life just felt a bit bland um and so I just felt like God say there is more and this about a month ago and I've just spent the last month just pondering it and uh, just trying to say well okay what is it then Lord and that is about friendship with him and um in John fifteen fifteen, Jesus shares something with his disciples, and he says this, I do not call you servants any longer, because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends, because I have told you everything I heard from my Father. And uh, in, this, in this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples at the Last Supper. And uh, Jesus was about to be betrayed by Judas. He would go on to be arrested, and he knew that the cross was coming. And these words that he was saying to his disciples were some of the last that he was going to be able to say. So these words are going to be the ones that will stay in their mind that they'd remember him saying before he's um, before he goes to the cross. And in this moment, he could have chosen to say anything. Like he could have said, um, "I don't call you servants any longer, but students," and I'd give you a seven out of ten because you're pretty average, but um, instead, the word that he chooses is friend. And uh, Jesus makes clear in these final moments, like these pivotal last moments with his disciples, that he is not satisfied with this, uh, with this relationship with them that's out of duty, that's out of just because they should. But He wants something deeper. He wants friendship with them. And uh, that's what he wants with me. And that's what he wants with each one of us. And I don't know when I say the word friendship what pops in your mind. Maybe you've got some uh, amazing friends, they might be sat with you. Um, My mum has an amazing friend, Um, they've been friends for 35 years. And my mum's, one of her best friends, is Adele's nan, which is I think that's pretty cool. Cool. I've never cashed in on this friendship, so I've never got to meet Adele, but I'm still hoping one day. Um, And some amazing things about friendship, I don't know if you've got a good friend, but. A good friend is someone that you can laugh with, and a good friend just brings joy. I was in a group of six girls growing up in school, and uh, we would get sent out every history lesson for laughing at inappropriate moments, but um, that's some of my fondest memories of school. Some good friends are the ones that you can just be real with. You can just take off the layers and just be who you are. You don't have to impress them. You're just there with them. I think some of the best friends are the ones that you can sit with and not have to say anything with. You know, sometimes that's incredibly awkward, but with good friend, it's not. Some of the uh, amazing friends are the ones that you can cry with, um, and you just are real in front of. And if that's um, friendship, some of the good things about friendship, Jesus saying, friendship is what I want with you, is, is crazy to me, isn't it? The God of the universe wants friendship with us. And when we look back throughout the Bible, we actually see that this has been God's heart always. It's always what he's longed after for. And uh, looking at the Old Testament, there's a standout guy who has a friendship with God and his name is Moses. And uh, if God had a BFF, Moses would be it. And uh, Andy Simmons is trying at the moment to get me to download a Be B-Real account. I don't know if you guys all have BeReal. real uh, I am hit 30 now, so I feel very old. <laughs> and, uh, but if God had someone to feature in all of those things, Moses would be in it. And uh, Moses was an Israelite. And I'll just give you a quick intro. He was brought up in Egypt. And in this time, the Israelites were being held as slaves in Egypt. And uh, Moses, as an Israelite, but brought up in Pharaoh's house, was in this like, quite privileged position. And one day, he saw an Egyptian um, attacking an Israelite. And he lashes out and he kills the Egyptian. And knowing that he's probably going to be killed for that, he flees Egypt. He ends up in a land called Midian. And he's living this very chilled Relaxed life. And he marries, and on this day um, that the Lord interrupts, it's, uh, he's tending his father in law's sheep. And uh, the start of their friendship, I'm just going to read out, and it's quite a chunk from Exodus, um, but I think it's helpful, um, so I'll just read it now. It says There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush doesn't burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And a bit further on, he just says, So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And this first moment of their friendship beginning, God is giving Moses a job. And Moses, in the next couple of chapters, tries everything he can to get out of this. Four times he goes and questions God, he just says, no, are you sure? I can't speak very well. So four times goes back and forth. And I don't know if you remember being a kid and um, bedtime was coming. I was a mastermind at delaying bedtime. Like you'd ask for three drinks of water, you'd do your teeth like five times. And uh, this is Moses. He's just trying every tactic to get out of doing this. And uh, at, the, at the start of their friendship, Moses is vulnerable before God. He's not trying to impress God on any level. He's, he's doing the opposite, actually. He's laying out all of his stuff, all of his insecurities. He shows up in his questions and in his doubts. And at this point in their friendship, he didn't know God. He didn't know he was trustworthy. And he's actually quite honest and open about the fact that he doesn't even want to do what God Almighty, speaking to him through a bush, is asking him. And I think that shows us in our friendship with the Lord, we can be real as well. We can ask the questions of God that um, maybe sometimes seem a bit um, raw and a bit uh, weird. You don't think you should ask God questions, but I think it shows us that we can. And God, in response to Moses questioning, is patient. He takes the time, he assures Moses, and friendship with God isn't about um, presenting this best version of ourself to him. A bit further on in their friendship, we see it developing and growing. Um, Moses is up a mountain, and it says that Moses would meet God up a mountain and speak with him. And in this time, Moses was getting the Ten Commandments of God, and he's up there a while. And the Israelites, um, they say amongst themselves, Moses has been up there so long, he's probably dead. Uh, Let's go to Plan B, and they make a golden calf and they decide to worship that instead. And Moses gets the Ten Commandments, starts walking down this mountain, and it says the tablets of stone, so I don't imagine they're like the lightest things in the world. And he gets to the bottom, and he sees what the Israelites have done, and he smashes the tablets. The tablets that God has literally just given him, he smashes on the ground out of frustration. And I don't know if you've ever had a moment of frustration like that. Um, I think I'd probably do the same as Moses. Um, a few months ago, I was in Aldi, and I don't know if you guys have been to the Aldi car park, but I'm convinced those spaces are smaller than any other car, parking, uh, car park in Watford. And uh, I was there a few months ago with Olive, and uh, I got out the back, and you know when you park so close to another person, you kind of have to do that slither out of the, out of the door, and that's what I had to do, and I got the pram out, And I got Olive, and I held her, and as I stepped back, I fell over the pram uh, and I hurt myself. I was holding Olive, but thankfully she was fine. I think she actually enjoyed the ride. And uh, I get back up, and I just thought, the middle aisle is not worth this. I was just going for a quick peruse. And uh, so I get back in the car, and honestly, uh, before I get back in the car, I just put Olive in. And I try and get this pram down. And at this point, I've like really hurt my leg. I'm just frustrated. I'm annoyed. And I can't get this pram down. And I just thought, I'm just going to leave this here. I'm so over this pram. So I get in the front seat and someone actually knocks the window and says I've forgotten the pram. I honestly was just going to drive off and leave this pram. And so I just had to be like, oh, (laughs) I better go and get it. So I did go and get it and I did get it down. But um, just the frustration sometimes makes you do funny things. And Moses in frustration smashes it. And he has to then embarrassingly walk up this mountain that he'd just come down from and come before God like creator of the heavens and earth and ask him to make a second set of commandments. And I just think that's a fascinating view into their friendship that the Lord does it, he gives him a second set and then he walks back down. And for us, it's the same. God gives us chance after chance after chance, whether we mess up in frustration or anything else. You know, He's a God of patience with us. Um, a bit further on, um, Moses actually, this time, um, calms God down. So the Israelites have been so irritating, doing their own thing, complaining and grumbling, that God says, I'm going to start again with Moses, and I'm going to wipe them all out. And Moses, actually, he calms God And he says, don't do that, start, you know, don't block, block me out instead, don't block them out. And God, who created Moses, who literally gave him breath, allows himself to be reasoned with, to be calmed by his friend Moses. And I just think that is also a fascinating view into how God listens to us, how he longs for that friendship with us, how he values what we say to him. And uh, a bit... Another bit further on, um, in Exodus 33, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And we see that like development of their friendship, that first moment that God met Moses, Moses said, it says that he hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. But now they've been on some adventures. Moses had got to know God a bit more. And it says he speaks to him as a friend. And Moses has this bold ask. He asks God if he can see his glory, if he can see him. And I want to say to Moses at this point, Moses, if you have not seen the glory of God, Who has? Like, he has seen the Red Sea part and the Israelites walked on dry ground. He's seen manna, which is the thing, the bread of heaven, the thing that fed the Israelites in the wilderness on the ground every morning. He'd seen water flowing out of rocks. Like, he had seen God move. Yeah, he wants more. And uh, Olive, our daughter, she's 13 months, and she had her first taste of chocolate about a month ago. And uh, I spent all this time making this sugar-free, birthday cake, and uh, she went to nursery and they gave her this huge chocolate cake, which I love. Um, but since then, she is like a girl that cannot be stopped. is on a mission. Like She senses a chocolate digestive from literally around the house, and uh, she's tasted something that is good, and she wants more. And this is like Moses. Moses saying this is because he wants more of God. And God, his answer to Moses, is to do what he can to be seen by Moses. Um, So God tucks Moses in this little cliff and it says that he walks by, he passes by. The glory of God passes by Moses. And God, what I love, does not think this is a cheeky ask. He does not think this is too much to ask of him. He longs to be known by us. And he is generous in in sharing all of who he is with us. Moses was discovering what friendship with God was about. And it wasn't just getting things from him. It was getting to know him and know his ways and know his heart. He was just saying, I don't want anything from you. In this moment, I just want you. And uh, I don't know if you've maybe had moments like that with God, where you just, you're just sitting in his presence and you just want more of him. And for me, it had been a while it has been a long time since I felt that. And just in the last months, I'm finding that again. I'm just saying, Lord, I just want more of you. I just want more. And uh, Jesus shows us in that passage I read at the start that what was once um, always God's heart, that he has friendship with us, Jesus now makes possible for each one of us. So before it was only with the one. It was like with Moses. Now it's for every single one of us. And uh, you might be thinking, it was all right for Moses, building this friendship with God. He had a mountain to climb. He had a tent to pitch to meet God in. Um, How do we deepen a friendship with God that we can't see? You know, he is invisible. We can't go and hang out with him. We can't send him memes. We can't do anything of the friendship stuff that we so often do. But the truth is that how we can enjoy friendship with Jesus now is more than Moses could have ever hoped for. Like, he had to rely on a mountain. He had a mountain to climb to meet with God. We get God's presence at Aldi's car park when we're frustrated. We get his presence at work, at school. Wherever we are, he goes with us. The presence of God goes with us. The friendship of the Lord goes with us. And uh, sometimes it does feel a bit like we have that mountain to climb. I definitely have been there. It just for some reason does feel like we still have that. Um, So I just thought of a few points um, that might be helpful in us as we we build that friendship with God, as we learn um, and look to grow our friendship with him. And the first way is this classic way that everyone says, but time with him. And uh, you see it with Moses, that journey he goes on from being afraid of God to longing for more of him. And that just takes time. I don't know if you've got a really good friend, but when you go through life and you go through ups and downs, by the end, after a while, you're just so much more confident in who they are. And a situation might come and you just think, my, I know my God and I know he's bigger than this. And uh, that just takes time. That is, just, that is like walking with the Lord you get that assurance, that confidence in his faithfulness. And uh, another way is reading his word. And these all sound like such classic things. I tried to think of things that were a bit different, but turns out they are said a lot for a a reason. And um, Jesus says in that John 15, 15 uh, verse, everything I have learned from the Father, I've revealed to you. And when I've read that and just pondered on that, I I just thought, Jesus, no, I don't know so much. Maybe you revealed that all to the disciples, but I feel like I know nothing a lot of the time, like I'm just winging this. And uh, it's in his Bible, it's in his book that he reveals the Father's heart to us, his love of us, his pursuit. We get to know uh, when we read the word of God, his ways, not just information. And uh, it's this living and active book. And sometimes you read it, and it is about a pigeon being sacrificed, and there just seems to be no relevance, or how on earth is God speaking? But the more we do it, the more we do get to know His voice. And uh, I've got a friend, Zoe, and uh, she's actually there. <laughs> and we are reading through a Lent book together at the moment, and Zoe is smashing it, and I am like a week behind, if not more. And um, she said to me a few weeks ago, we're just kind of texting on when we've read it. And uh, she read it a few days ago and it was all about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the reflection was about Jesus being, um, knowing that the cross was coming and about death and grief. And that day happened to be an anniversary of a really close friend of Zoe's death who died a few years ago. And, the, and God, in his kindness, she, he knew that Zoe would be reading that today, that day and knew that she needed the encouragement that her God is a God who knows what it is to grieve and to have experienced loss. And uh, reading the word of God is a way to keep in touch with our friend. And I don't know how you keep in touch with your friends. You might FaceTime them, you might WhatsApp. Ben and Sam are youth pastors, and I work with them, and they are voice note people, I have learned. I'm not a voice note person. I get so anxious about voice noting back. Um, However, you keep in touch with the friends, the Bible and reading his word is a way to do it with God. Um, Another way is going on adventures with the Lord. And Moses and God had some serious adventures, like they saw some cool things together, and uh, it's so true that when you go on an adventure with someone, your bond deepens. And for us, it's probably not going to look like um, a mass exodus of people away from a scary pharaoh, Um, but what does it look like for us to be on adventures with God, to walk every day with him, to invite him into everyday stuff with us? Uh, We used to run Soul Survivor festivals, and I was part of the team that ran them, and that meant I was at every week of the summer. And uh, some of my favorite moments from from the festivals were pack-down days. And if I'd have said that a few years ago, I would have punched previous me, because they are some of the longest, hardest days. Um, But this one particular summer, we'd done all weeks, and we felt like we'd not slept in like three weeks. And it was 4 a.m. in the morning, and we'd been packing down all night. And instead of going to bed, we had to be up at half eight the next morning, so like literally like four and a half hours later. Um, me, my friend Lydia, and Becca and Liza, who works for church, we're just racing trolleys up and down this venue. And you just think, what on earth am I doing? But in those moments where it's just out of the ordinary, you just build a bond with people. You go through stuff with them and you see it, and your just friendship is deepened. And uh, for you, it might be starting a new job. And just knowing that God is with you as you walk into that new space. Or going for something and just trusting that he's right there with you. Um, a moment for me that I feel like my friendship with God just really deepened was after, I did Soul 61 like uh, over 10 years ago. And after Soul 61, I went to New Zealand for a year and I didn't know a single soul and I went to do an internship and uh, I was convinced I would never live in Watford um, and I've lived here since I got back from New Zealand. And um, I got on that plane and I literally didn't know a soul in New Zealand and I just said to God, you're gonna have to be my friend because I have no one else. And what I found was him to be a faithful friend. When I went through moments of real loneliness there, not knowing anyone, being on the other side of the world, God was my faithful friend. And the final way, um, just as I end, as I think we can really grow our uh, friendship with God that I think Moses shows us is in obedience to him. And this one really does sound like what you don't want to hear from building a friendship with God. But it is, I think, one of the ways that Jesus shows us, that Moses shows us. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And that sadly just doesn't work in any other friendship, does it? Like, if you tell your friend to do stuff, they're just, that's only going to last you so long before they're just, you're not my friend. And, but it does work with God. He tells us what to do. And when we do it, our friendship with him grows and matures and it deepens. Jesus snuck off all the time to spend time with his father and then to obey him. And there was an obedience to the way that Moses lived. Like nine times out of ten, he would do what God was asking him to do. When God would say, Moses, hold out your staff, the water would part. When he'd say, strike that rock, Moses would, and water would flow. Moses learned to do what God was asking of him, and he found that their friendship grew. And when did maybe we last feel like God asked us to do something and we went for it? For me, I think it was probably a long time. It's too long. You know, I really want, I want to be a friend of God that says yes. That just goes for it with what I feel like he's saying. And uh, just to end, sometimes I've got this picture in my mind of this old person um, sat on a chair. And they, when you speak to them, they've got such a deep friendship with the Lord and that is what I long for. That's what I want. But I just feel like, oh, I'm just never going to get there. Maybe it's always going to feel a bit distant. And uh, just through pondering this and writing this, I've been so encouraged that friendship is what God wants with every single one of us. And he chooses Moses, who messed up so many times, who was not brave, who needed like constant reassurance. And he chooses the disciples that got it wrong so much and he chooses me, and he chooses you, and uh, there's just no reluctance on his part. He is all in, and I want to be all in too, and that uh, it's something we can just all walk in deeper and deeper and get to know him more. Amen.